everyone. Welcome to Off the Bench. This is Heidi St. John. I'm glad you guys have joined me at my little corner of the internet. For everyone who's watching this on YouTube, welcome to the video version of the Heidi St. John podcast. We're glad you guys are here. Today, I'm going to tackle something that is really fascinating to me personally. This is something I've been talking about for a long time. It's the the condition really that our libraries are in right now. And today I have a repeat guest on the show who really is a hero in Enid, Oklahoma. And I got to know her, you guys know this, of course, through uh, my girl, Melissa, but they've had tremendous success in fighting the woke agenda in our libraries. This is going to encourage you guys stick around. I think you're going to be glad that you did. All right, you guys, so before we get started today, a couple things I want you to take note of. Uh, I have a women's retreat that's coming up the first weekend in November. I've had a lot of you ask me about that. That retreat is sold out. It's sold out within 48 hours of us opening it up. We are looking at some other dates early next year. So if you're interested in that, just stay tuned. We're going to be giving you guys information on that as the time gets a little bit closer. Also, uh, this is the week that I will be talking about transgenderism and this idea of uh, non-binary that we're hearing from the culture right now that's really coming from the radical left but sadly has infiltrated the church. And so I'm going to be talking about it from a biblical point of view over at my Bible study for moms, which is Mom Strong International. You guys, we've got to be able to talk about these things from a biblical point of view. We need to know what God says. And guess what? God's word is not incompatible with science. God is the author of science. I keep hearing people say, oh, trust the science. I do because I trust the creator. Uh, God knew what he was doing when he created us in his image, male and female. And so we're going to talk about that. And also some responses to uh, rapid gender, you know, rapid onset gender dysphoria. So many things that are happening. Our kids are being confused by the culture around them. Our libraries, frankly, were a breeding ground for this. We saw this years ago. I started uh, going to my library board several years ago when they started inviting drag queens, grown men dressed clownishly like women coming in to uh, sexualize our children and talk about uh, things like worm loves worm and androgynous animals. And it seems uh, harmless on its face. It's anything but harmless. And it has caused so much frustration for parents who don't know what to do. And today's guest is going to give you guys some insight into how they have been successful in beating back the woke agenda that the libraries are pushing in uh, out into our communities through grants and all kinds of things that come to the libraries. Emily Laddick is a homeschool mom. And uh, she shares her passion for truth through e-learning to reach the next generation of American patriots. Another reason I love her. Emily's began teaching as an adjunct college professor or instructor, rather, of political science and history in 2004. She has an M.Ed. and a Bachelor's of Arts in Political Science and History. Her website, GreatAmericanStudies.com, offers high schoolers an American national government course. You guys need to check it out. Early American history is going to be available in January of 2023. I cannot wait. Uh, But you know this, uh, Emily is best known to me anyway, as one of the Enid Freedom Fighters. I'm so glad she's joined me, Emily. Thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I am too. So you guys have been, I mean, every time, um, you know, Melissa calls me to give me an update about what the Eden Freedom Fighters are up to, I'm just like, dang, you guys, (laughs) you know, you really did take the bull by the horns right there in the little town of Enid, Oklahoma. Tell me how this whole thing started. What you, what got you off the bench and onto the battlefield in the fight to regain some sanity in our libraries? 
Well, it really started in 2020 when Ena Freedom Fighters was created. Um, and we decided that we were going to attend every single city commission meeting. And we have had a representative at every single meeting ever since um, 2020, I think July of 2020. Don't you guys wear like red shirts or something (laughs) so they know that it's you? If we're speaking um, or if there's pressure that we're trying to apply, we will wear red. But I don't think that we've worn red since. Because we've been seeing red for a long time. Now you're wearing (laughs) it. Exactly. Um, But wearing a certain color and having all of your friends come um, and especially all of your children wearing the same color, it helps get out your political message without even having to speak. Um, But so we learned how to be effective at the city commission. And once you're sitting in them in those meetings, you hear when there's other boards and other issues coming up. Um, And that's how we found out about all these different city boards that Enid has. And one of them is the library board. So you vote for your mayor and your city commissioner in Enid. um, And then they appoint board members to serve on the library board. So we have taken it amongst ourselves to figure out who would be a fantastic candidate to apply for that board. So we know when the opening is and when the deadline is. So we get those forms to the people. um, And then we give them an overwhelming choice. Um, You can choose from all of these candidates and we pack it. So we always have more applicants than what um, are spots available. And it's a great board to serve on. They um, only meet like every other month. Um, it's pretty, usually pretty tame, um, but it's not always. Unless unless the Enid Freedom Fighters are, are there. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Well, this is really becoming in our libraries or breeding ground. I mean, that's where the Drag Queen Story Hours came from. Uh, I've been following my friend Brittany, who's Rooted Wings on Instagram for a long time, and they are knee-deep in it there, trying to fight the drag queens that are coming into their schools. She just sent me a... a um, a clip just a couple of days ago of a middle school that was hosting. I mean, it was, I, I just told ourselves that we're living in hell. Like this is insane mm-hmm. that this is actually uh, being able to get to our children. It's just crazy to me. Tell me about what happened this last summer at your local library. Well, I think you're absolutely right. They have become, um, I call them temples of leftist ideology. They're so Um, centers of extremism. And honestly, I feel like we have to pause and just step back for a second and think, how did we get here? I remember when I was a little girl going to the same library um, and my mom would just shush us constantly. Like we couldn't even make a peep and it was a sacred place. Um, And we had to stick right by her side and it was a beautiful place. I love the smell of books. Um, And it has changed um, some of the things for the better. You don't have to be um, a mouse in the library anymore. They have children's programs, and um, our library had a great children's section and um, lots of interesting things that we didn't have, like magformers or, I don't know, yeah. just the different things that entertained little kids. Um, well, I didn't really notice anything until my youngest, uh, she was struggled reading, and I thought, well... Um, let's just go get all the books we can. She didn't like um, most of the books that we had that the other two liked. She liked science and um, like books about trucks or, um, you know, different things. So I thought, well, let's just go to the library, load up on books, and I will just read to her. And so she will fall in love with um, reading, and then she'll be encouraged to read herself. Um, so we had been doing that for a couple of weeks and we went to go check out and I don't remember what year it was, but my older daughter, um, 
kind of moved strangely. They had like a self-checkout that the kids could scan their own books. It was super fun. Um, yeah. And she kind of moved and was doing weird stuff. And I thought, I said, are you okay? And she was blocking my daughter because there was an entire row of books about homosexuality, um, like candy in a grocery store right by yep. the kids checkout. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And yep. Um, we were walking out and I said, thank you for doing that. And sh- she's only three years older than her little sister. Um, and she said, mom, why do they put that stuff right there? Cause these kids can read it. I said, that's exactly why they put it right there. They yep. are, um, they want these little kids to pick up these books. So here's the thing. I was outraged. I did what probably every other mom did. Uh, we're done. We're not doing this garbage anymore. Um, I don't want to see it. So we quit going to the library. Well, a few years goes by, and guess what? It doesn't get better. It gets worse. So now they start having displays um, that are absolutely outrageous. And one local mom kept going to the library and saw this, and she took pictures. And she's the one that really raised the flag for all of us to say, hey, look, we have a huge problem in our library. Um, So I disengaged. And I think a lot of people disengaged, and that's how they got to be so extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people disengage because A, it was shocking right. and B, you, you don't know what to do. I mean, I think that by the time we realized, oh my word, there's a virus in our library system. It has really worked its way like leaven all the way through the American Library Association. Right. I mean, if you go to the American Library Association website, it is garbage from right. stem to stern. Yeah. And I think, and I'm not, I'm not shaming anybody if they've done the same thing. Because, man, little people require a lot of work and a lot of time. And I have I had to, you know, we homeschool. So I had to be hands on with these little people. I had to cook breakfast, lunch and dinner. But you know what? There's a time and a place when your kids are older and they're junior high, high school and um, you have a little bit more time. That's when I'm hoping these mamas will engage because those young moms with babies and toddlers and preschoolers, they are busy and they're doing their job. But now that my kids are older and, hey, they can make themselves a sandwich for dinner, um, I have time and I I am able to fight this fight where I recognize younger moms, you got your hands full and I'm not putting this on you at all. Yeah, I love that. And it really, it's it's the same issue that we have in the churches, right? When we, you know, our kids go through the nursery program and I'm always telling them, the older moms, get back in there because you're <laughs> yeah. needed. Like moms are needed for mentoring. Moms who have older children are needed to be on the front lines of the assault that is really coming right. against our children right now. And it was some of the grandmothers um, taking their grandchildren to the library that um, made us aware of certain things, Um so I appreciate I appreciate their input. So even if you're a grandmother and you think, I don't know what else I can do, um, my kids are all grown and gone. Well, you still have a huge influence because your foot is still in there. Um, yeah. So we need you to speak up and figure this out and, and take take up the good fight. Yeah, it's so important. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to ask you who controls the libraries so that people understand where this is coming from. And also we'll talk about what the qualifications are for serving on a library board. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
So, Emily, before the break, I had asked you briefly, and then we sort of rabbit trailed what happened uh, this last summer at your at your uh, local library, because I think there are going to be a lot of people listening to this that are going to relate. Right. Well, the big stink happened around um, uh, the homosexual display for June. Um, so the that's most really... wonderful month of the year now. Yeah, unfortunately so. Um so it w- we were made aware of it by this one mom and we organized um, and she went and spoke and it was a mess. It was it was awful. Um, we lost big time. So June. Now why do you, why do you think that was? Why do you think that? Why do you think that happened? Um, we were trying and this one mom in particular um, is a Bible believing, godly, faithful woman. Um, and she was talking to a group of people who were godless and had no yeah. respect for where she was coming from. Right. And it right. was terrible. Um, it was it was ugly. Um, and everything that you how you see conservatives usually get beat down in public happened here. It was mm-hmm. terrible. So um, the next year rolls around this summer rolls around. Um, but we have, I think, seven seats, seven out of the eight library board seats are um, our conservative candidates that we have gotten approved and on the board. So we own the board now. Um, I love it. I love it. (laughs) It is a long game because it started two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a long game that we have to play. So June rolled around and there was lots of tension about was there going to be a display or not. And honestly, um, it wasn't so much about the display, but everything else in the library. Um, So we realized that we had to rewrite policy. Um, We had to get policy in the handbook. Um, in order to affect the change that we wanted. And the change that we wanted is don't sexualize our children. That is the message. Um, You are not allowed to sexualize our children. And there was pushback for that. Um, But they couldn't push back the way they could with um, a Christian woman speaking scripture. Um, A majority of people in the United States do not believe children should be sexualized. That's right. my point at um, the library board meeting was I, I pulled out our city's handbook and there's a whole chapter in there about sexual harassment and unwanted sexual advances will get you fired. So why does the library think that they can put obscene material in front of children and not be held to that same sexual harassment standard is what wow. I wanted to know. So we just have to recenter the argument. We have to tool ourselves with what is valuable um, and we learn how to do that. So, um, we're rewriting the library policy. They did not like the, the policy that we wrote, um, and it was not perfect. We, when you say they, who, who are you talking about? Who didn't like it? So the way our city government operates, we have a city manager and a city attorney, and they're hired by the library, uh, or they're hired by the city commission, okay. um, and they have oversight. But then those two basically run every other part of the city department. So our library director is underneath the city manager. So when I say they push back, I'm talking about the city attorney, the city manager, and the library director. Those are the ones who are supportive and enabling the woke agenda in our library. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you for Let's name names. <laughs> um, we got to get the plate. Yeah. You have to yeah. learn who you should deal with because it's not your librarian in the children's department that you are going to be dealing with. You need to figure out who has control and the authority to make decisions. Um, so it's honestly a small minority of folks that want this and a majority of us do not want this. Um, so we wrote a policy and it was not fantastic. It probably couldn't have stood up in court. 
Um, but you know what? There's lots of good Christian men in the church, and some of them happen to be legal experts. And one of them donated their time and helped us get a stringent policy in place with words that would stand up in court. And I'm so grateful um, for all the, I mean, Enid Freedom Fighters is the face or I'm the face in the name, but there are a sea of people out there who have time and talents and are willing to share. So we had um, legal experts help us. And you know what? In the policy, we just put the Oklahoma state law about obscenity and what the definition of harmful to minors is, because the state of Oklahoma said you cannot put this in front of children without breaking the law. Um, and so exciting in Oklahoma because we have good law. We just have to apply it. Yeah. Um, and in that meeting, they, um, the library director, the city attorney, and the city manager were reeling as they were voting on this. And it was um, Title 21 of Oklahoma statutes that they were reeling from. And um, one of them actually said, well, can't you just trust us that we're following the law? Okay, no, Uh -uh. no, right, right. So we're going to put it in the policy and we're going to vote on it. Um, And something that's so exciting in Oklahoma that starting November 1st, it's going to, it just thrills me to no end. We had House Bill 3702 passed, and this is putting actual teeth. Um, It was enacted by um, the governor signing it, and it'll take effect on November 1st. But it um, bans schools and um, library databases from offering certain material to children. But the most fantastic thing, which it's already, you know, a similar law about obscenities is already on the books. But part of it says employees of school districts, charter schools, virtual charter schools, state agencies, public libraries and universities shall not be exempt from prosecution or for willful violations of state law prohibiting indecent exposure to obscene material or child pornography as provided in Oklahoma statutes. There's actual teeth. Yeah, because now you just said, we'll prosecute you, you nasty, grooming, wackadoos that are trying to get to our kids through the libraries and through the school systems. We're going to take you to court. And what's more, we're going to win. Because you just said something really important. And I want listeners to to grab onto this. You said, we have good law. Mm-hmm. We just have to apply it. Most parents, I mean, we didn't go to, we didn't go to law school. <laughs> we're just trying to have a job and raise our children. And we are being attacked from every angle by the left, and the left is evil. Uh, my friend Dennis Prager said that the other the other day that the only answer to the wickedness that's coming at us from the left is God. It's Absolutely. it's literally the only answer, and because we've we've stripped religion, right? We vacuumed it out of the culture. We decided we don't need this anymore. We don't need God. It's obviously not working for us, and we're going to have to do our work and our homework really to get back in the driver's seat again. And you just said something really really important because I bet you anything that a lot of the people listening to this they also have good law, I bet but so. they but they don't know it. So why don't listeners start, so, you know, people go and start looking up the obscenity laws for your state. See what, see what the city manager would do if, uh, if a pedophile or somebody trying to peddle uh, pornography to children ever came to city hall to try to get a job. So what they've done is they've basically sidelined parents by implementing things that you're right. I would say 90% of the parents and normal people don't want this stuff. It's being shoved down our throats by a very, very small minority who are bullies. And we right. were really taken off off our, you know, we were knocked off of, off balance by it. But I think you make a really good point. Instead of everybody turning in our library cards, I say we overwhelm the library. It sounds like that's what you guys have done. 
Absolutely. And um, once you know the law and once you know what to expect from these individuals, then it's a call to your district attorney. It's a call to your police chief. It's a call to the sheriff. Guess what? That sheriff is elected. So you start holding people's feet to the fire. Um, and it's pretty amazing what kind of results you can get. And I don't think anyone in the city is real thrilled about it, but that's OK. There's lots of things in my life that I'm not thrilled about. But right. the law is the law. The law is the law. What are the qualifications? So for people who are listening to this and they're thinking, you know, maybe I should get on a library board. What does a member of a library board do and what are the qualifications to run for a library board position? So local government is kind of hairy because there's um, there's like over 9000 independent governments in the United States, library boards, school boards, um, all sorts of independent government. So the best way to do it is just kind of think about it in reverse. You have the national government and then you have the state government and then everything else belongs to local government somehow. So your town or city is or county is going to have a plan for how their library operates. So probably the best way to find out if you don't know anything about this is call your library and ask to speak to the director and ask them, hey, tell me about the um, library board. Um, give me that information or what is your organizational structure? Um, you can call your city clerk or your city attorney and ask for the qualifications. Um, when are the library board um, terms up? Who are they? Um, it's it's no small thing. Um, this summer during the fight, um, our library board was actually doxxed, and it was done so by an employee of our library. Um, so the city knew about it, um, and it got taken down pretty quickly. You're making a, a really important point again, because uh, what happens when, and you, and you see a person who has no scruples, the American Library Association is a corrupt leftist organization that has infiltrated almost every library in the United States and the training they go to. I mean, if you just look at like their their once a year training at their big conventions, it's disgusting what they're trying to do to children. And uh, and and so it doesn't surprise me that an employee who's been brainwashed into this garbage would dox the members of the board. Yeah. One of the most important things that the library board does is they do make recommendations for hiring. So the city manager in our case actually is in charge of hiring or firing um, but the library board is the one responsible for making recommendations. So they field the applications. They um, make their recommendation. But here's the thing. Now that the public knows and the city commissioners know, um, everybody's watching the city manager. And what are you going to choose to do with this information as it comes to you? I haven't been real impressed in this situation. Um, and unfortunately, the more that we stick around the library, the more we find things out. So it'll be really interesting to see how long um, someone else is willing to put their job on the line to maintain chaos. Well, because the corruption is deep and wide. And yeah. I think people need to know who the city manager, we got huge problems with the city manager right here in Vancouver, Washington, where I live. People need to know. And most of us were like, what? The city has a manager? Like, you know, we, what, what, you know, yeah. what? There's a parks and rec guy and he can bring drag queens down to the city parks to strip for three year olds. What, what, who does that? It, it, the left has had control of these institutions for a very long time. And when I say the corruption is deep and wide, that's exactly what I mean. They have infiltrated our schools, infiltrated the libraries, infiltrated our city management positions, mm -hmm. and they've been very strategic. And we're not going to win by sitting on the sidelines and running to the far right. We've got to turn, just like my guest Jeremy Baker said the other day, and attack from the right and overwhelm mm -hmm. them. And you guys have done an amazing job of that, Enid. But 
what you're saying to get off the bench is so right, because we have an overwhelming majority of conservative Christian Republicans in Enid. It is like 10 to 1, um, yeah. if if not and more. And yet they were able to take over your library. Yeah, it's crazy. Why? Because yeah. that Christian conservative majority was sitting out. And I'm not saying it in a bad way because I was sitting out because I had young children. Um, you know, these good men have jobs and businesses families, uh, they're, they're pretty thin already. It's hard to get men to volunteer and do things at church. Um, but we can't abandon the field anymore. The only yeah. way that they are empowered is because we are not participating. It's so true. And I, I guess uh, I'm out of time for today, but I something that you said uh, in the notes that I thought was so good, and I really want to leave listeners with this, is we've got to change our tack as we start looking at these problems. And even though, because the American church is really, we've lost our voice. I mean, we've Americanized the church. Honestly, I'm like, that's the problem. (laughs) The church has become Americanized, you know, so we got a lot of little Joel Osteens. God wants you to have the best parking place at Macy's you can possibly have. And you're going to go back next week. You're going to hear the same message all over again. Only this time it's going to be Nordstrom or it's going to be Air Apostle, right? We've lost our voice. We've lost the power of the Holy Spirit in, in the church because we've walked away from the church and we frankly have ceded a lot of this territory to the enemy. But you said something in the notes that I want to uh, touch on really quickly. You said we can win the battle when our goal is protecting the innocence of children, because even the uh, the non-Christian, you know, regular parent, uh, and we're watching this in Dearborn, Michigan right now, right? There's a whole lot of Muslims up in arms at, in Dearborn, <laughs> Michigan over what's happening there. And for and you to see the Christians and the Muslims sort of unite and say, no, get your hands off of our children. Get away from our kids. Yeah. It's really refreshing. And I think that's the point that you are trying to make, right? Instead of making this about, you know, the Ten Commandments or making it about the Bible, we need to start saying, stop sexualizing our children. Right. Let children be children. Let kids have their innocence. And if I'm going to tell you three things for you to go and get engaged, um, probably the most important thing is I want you to have a clear and consistent message. Your message is sexualizing children is not tolerated. Um, avoid any homosexual labels or wording at all, and do not use Christian theology in your arguments. Do not post it on social media, but do go to the meetings, do call your elected officials, do call your city government and tell others what they're doing to our children, and it's not going to be tolerated, and you will win this fight. I love that. Uh, I love that. Emily Laddick, you are a treasure right there in Eden, <laughs> Oklahoma, second only to my friend, Melissa. And I'm so glad she's introduced us. Tell us a little bit really quickly, because I don't want to I don't want to miss the opportunity. Talk to everybody about your program uh, that you've been doing, because it's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Um, well, homeschooling my high schooler, I knew that I was going to have to teach government and history to them, and they actually don't like either of those. Um, <laughs> we have used tutors for much of it. I don't know enough algebra to teach my children algebra, and we are getting through pre-calc with Dr. David Shorman, and I'm so grateful for Shorman math. Um, but that's what I decided to do with government and history, uh, because most moms aren't actually that excited about government and history as I am. There's a few. Um, I, but am. It, I am. <laughs> yay! Um, <laughs> so I have a website, and it's a lot like a college course. So there's video lectures, there's online um, assessments for them to take. And if you want to watch it together as a family, that's fantastic. And um, I have parent graded exams on there too. But 
homeschooling multiple children, you can only work with one at a time. So it's away from them. If you need them to just independently watch the lectures, then they can just go and get it done. And if you want to do it together, then that's totally um, an option too. So um, I try to make it like a really great book. I love books, but that is um, not how our children learn best, it seems. So with this program, you buy the course and you get a 12-month subscription, six-month subscription. I'm so sorry. Um, but then your siblings are free. So once you have another, another child coming up through high school, just shoot me an email and um, it's a form on my website and we'll reactivate your subscription. So it's just something um, that you can have your child sit down and do. You can do it together. I love it. I love it. And the name of the website again is? GreatAmericanStudies.com. GreatAmericanStudies.com. Emily Laddick, you are a national treasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish you all the best with uh, GreatAmericanStudies.com. Stay in touch. I want to hear all the things. And, you know, Melissa has my cell phone. so I will uh, keep her posted. <laughs> keep her posted. And uh, you're welcome to come back on the show anytime. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. You guys, for more information on Emily Laddick and her awesome course for high school students, you can visit greatamericanstudies.com. And I'm going to encourage you today to do exactly what we've been saying. Get off the bench. Get onto the battlefield. Find out uh, all about your library board. Find out who your city manager is. You guys can do this. Uh, Emily can do Enid. And I'm over here in Vancouver, Washington. But you guys are where you are all over the country. And God wants to use you. You were born for such a time as this. And the message is loud and clear. Get your hands hands off of our children. We can win this battle when our goal is protecting the innocence of children. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.